Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 105 at Edmonton, Bob Stauffer joining you from Anaheim. The Oilers and the Ducks tonight, Cam Moon and myself, the call on radio. I'll join Jack and Louie and Gene Principe on the TV side during the intermissions as well. Oilers now, brought to you by our title sponsor, World of Spas, Edmonton's number number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. We're going to head straight off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline. The River Cree Resort and Casino excitement. Bet on it. Our Oilers now headliner today is brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Our next guest has one of the greatest nicknames in the history of sport, and he is an illustration of uh, what happens when you are firmly committed to your role. He played uh, 1,400 games in the NHL, had 500 goals, 1,000 points, and 2,900 penalty minutes. I, too, could have been like Pat Verbeek if I had... uh, you know, frankly, was a better skater, had more guts, uh, all those sort of things, more character, discipline. Those sort of things held me back from playing in the WHL. But without further ado, uh, one of the great characters in the game and now the general manager of the Anaheim Ducks, Pat Verbeek. Pat, it's Bob. How are you? Good, Bob. How you doing? Good. Uh, it's been 11 months uh, with the Ducks organization as the general manager. Uh, you guys are in a pretty obvious situation. How do you think it's gone so far? I think it's, uh, when I look back on it, I probably would have thought the team would have been doing just a little bit better based on the, you know, the roster. But, um, you know, we've had, you know, uh, we've had issues, you know, early in the season, penalty killing and uh, five on five. And I think at the end of the day, I thought our compete level wasn't near where it needed to be. But I think over the last two months, it's, it's uh, you know, I've been uh, uh, more satisfied with where we are from a compete level. So. Uh, I mean, as you guys go across the league and you watch games on a nightly basis, um, compete is a major factor in, in winning hockey games and, and, uh, and work ethic. And so I view those two um, ingredients as important to be able to get you through, uh, you know, an 82-game schedule uh, in, a, in a place to where it allows you to win hockey games. You're growing some young players. Give me your thoughts on the maturation of the likes of a Trevor Zegras and a Mason McTavish up front. They're two pretty high-end draft picks with you, for you that have got, you know, some, I mean, they're going to be long-term top six forwards in the National Hockey League. Hockey League. How have McTavish and Zegras performed? Well, I think uh, Mason's kind of, we started them at the left wing uh, over, you know, at the start of the season. Just didn't want to... Uh, uh, give him too much defensive responsibility you know uh, you know uh, overall you know as, as you've seen it's it's playing centers are hard when you got to be down down low every night 
uh, every shift in your zone to defend. I think that uh, we wanted to make it a little easier, and I think he's kind of transitioned. We moved him back to center. Um, he looks uh, much more comfortable. He's been playing, uh, uh, you know, I would say uh, more impactful. He's been able to uh, make an impact into the game, uh, uh, you know, than he was earlier in the year. So, and, you know, the one thing about Mason is he, you know, he comes to work every single day. Um, uh, he's one of the first guys on the ice, one of the last guys to leave. Um, he's been, you know, for a 19-year-old, very, uh, um, I'd like to call it uh, being a pro, and he's been, uh, he's been, you know, excellent in that department. So I, it, it looks, uh, you know, really good for his career to move ahead. And, uh, you know, there's certain things that, you know, obviously as a 19-year-old, you got lots to learn defensively, uh, gain experience, uh, learning, you know, going against, you know, top players in the league is, uh, is a learning experience and how to be able to play against them on a nightly basis. So, um, there's, we're excited for him. You know, I, um, Trevor Zegras, um, obviously there's, you know, there's lots of highlights in his game. Um, but I think one of the things, you know, he's, he's learned, um, and has done a better job, um, paying better uh, attention to detail and defending in his zone, um, which is going to be important uh, down the road if uh, if we are to win. Uh, I, I think that you just can't play one way in this league. You have to be able to play a, a two-way game, um, and he's certainly been uh, better improving in, in that aspect. Um, you know, I would probably say for Trevor that, you know, in order for him to kind of start making bigger impact, he's going to have to get stronger, and uh, and he's working at that right now. How much do you guys miss Jamie Drysdale? He's represented by Jeff Jackson. He's got a high-end offensive game. He had 32 points for you guys last season, um, and he's been out with a shoulder injury. This is another young guy that's a core piece of your organization, isn't he? Yeah, it's certainly, it's been, I mean, he's played a lot of minutes for us, uh, for such a young player. Um, um, Jamie kind of had a little bit of a rough start to the season, but prior to him getting hurt, probably the last three weeks was probably be, he was, had, you know, he was playing the best hockey, uh, that I've seen him play, uh, this year. Um, you know, he too is, um, uh, is a real pro at, at such a young age, and uh, certainly uh, when you, you lose a guy that plays 20 minutes a night, it's it's a big loss, uh, you know, from a, you know on the back end. So we certainly do miss him a lot. Did you make it to Halifax for the World Juniors? I certainly did. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So you had two guys because uh, I, I, you know, obviously Edmonton hosted the 2020. Two summer World Juniors and Halifax for 2023. Zellweger's from Fort Saskatchewan. Kids that have been playing in the dub the last couple of years have been raving about this guy, saying he's got a way. I think you and me discussed this in Nashville, actually, when you were on the scouting trails. But between Zellweger and Nathan Gauthier, you got to be pretty excited about those two prospects for you. Certainly. Uh, you know, Nathan's going to be a guy that's going to kind of add that. Uh, uh, well, I'm trying to that grittiness that you need in the lineup, uh, that compete that shows up every night, the, the guy that's kind of hard to play against, it's not fun to play against. Um, 
certainly uh, that's something that uh, I love uh, seeing in a lineup. Um, and, you know, hopefully in the next couple of years that uh, Nathan will be able to provide that for us. And I think that with the whole and he's certainly an offensive uh, defenseman that, uh, you know, I think every team can use on the back end, whether it's, uh, you know, running the power play or being able to uh, get back for pucks quickly and get them out of your zone before you have to defend too long. Long-time NHLer, Anaheim Ducks general manager, Pat Verbeek, joining us in Oilers now. Bob Stauffer with you. Pat, you signed uh, John Klingberg in the offseason. One-year deal, $7 million. I look at the right side of your defense line. you got Kulikov, who's a lefty, playing on the right side with Klingberg and Shattenkirk over there. They're all pending UFAs. Uh, are, are conversations picking up amongst managers in the league? Are you starting to get some calls on, you know, you're in the situation you're in. So are you starting to get some calls in that regard? No, not yet. I think it's just a, a touch early. I think a lot of teams are just going through their pro meetings right now, and so I expect probably, you know, in the next 10 days things will change uh, from that aspect. But, uh, you know, there's been a lot of uh, uh, preliminary, you know, talks, just, you know, you know, the, the, just basically the um, – I, I, we, I call it the check-in, check-in calls. You know, just see what you're thinking, what uh, what you're looking to do, that sort of thing. So those have kind of, you know, there's been a few of those, but nothing really where you're going. Okay, there's there's some, uh, you know, there's some seriousness here to, you know, to, to the talks of uh, any kind of trade. You've got significant cap flexibility next year. I think you've only got. $39 million committed for 11 players. You do have a Southern California market, which historically has been able to attract players, so that works well from a, a free agency front. One of the questions I have, you know, Pat, from your perspective, has scouting, both pro and amateur, has it changed because of analytics and video? Is is today's technology providing different opportunities uh, for the evaluation of players? What do you think? Well, I think analytics I think the evolution of video has kind of um, helped with um, your time you know you're, you've been able to you can time manage yourself I still put a, a, a lot of value in live views um, but I think with video and the analytics backing up uh, or not necessarily backing up what you saw but maybe having you look at uh, at a player differently um, through his numbers and his analytics um, forces you to uh, dig deeper um, and it allows you to get to really know that player uh, a lot better than maybe before. You used to work for Ken Holland. Uh, he, of course, is the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. I asked Jim Nill this question recently. What do you think Ken Holland's greatest strength was, Pat? And you're, you know, you've had a relationship with him for a while, even dating back to when you were with the Red Wings in the, uh, in the late nineties, early two thousands. Well, I think Ken, you know, I, Ken goes back to being a scout. So, I mean, I think he, he can evaluate talent very well, but I think he's really, um, He's a really good people person. Um, you know, that's uh, more than anything. I still, you know, always, I still talk to Kenny Mint a, a, a ton, you know, um, just because we 
I do go back uh, as a player with Kenny uh, when he was in Detroit, but also Kenny, he was he, he hired me. I was the first, you know, I was the guy that got hired. As, that was my first job as a pro scout. So um, there's certainly, um, you know, Kenny's got a lot of experience and there's had a lot of situations uh, that he's gone through. So he's always kind of a, a guy that, you you know, you uh, people can go talk to and, and, um, and he helps them out. And one final one for you. We had Dallas Aikens in Edmonton. Uh, he had a challenging time. The Oilers had some younger players like Nugent Hopkins and Hall and Everly. McDavid and Drysaddle weren't there. Uh, the first year Dallas was there. Uh, Leon was there for part of the year, the second year, and before Dallas uh, uh, was removed out of the situation. A lot of times when a new GM comes in, one of the things that happens in the offseason is a coach gets moved along. You, you stuck with Dallas here uh, through this uh, year, and there have been some challenging times. Obviously, you see some positive things in what Dallas is bringing you. Well, I think that, uh, you know, bringing them back, uh, you know, for the season uh, was important. I think that, you know, I've traded, you know, three players um, away that, you know, were kind of, uh, uh, you know, for they were important pieces to the team uh, in, in prior. I, you know, I looked at I wasn't going to be able to sign them. So at the end of the day, I didn't have a, a lot of a long relationship with Dallas and I want you know I wanted to give him a chance to see you know how how you know how to how this would you know come about so anyway so we're we're in the midst of, of going through that and you know and things have been you know fairly good yeah well in the three players you ended up moving Lindholm uh, as well as Josh Manson and Nick Delorey and it kind of altered the, the certainly the back end a little bit of a toughness on your team uh, there's still a place for that. You played the game at a different time. I got to ask you one question about your playing days. In the sort of the 92 to 97 window, because you would have played against them a lot, was Eric Lindros, you think, the best player in the game at that time? Oh, was he the best player? Well, you know, I played on long side, you know, at that time with Mark Messi. I've, I've gotten to play with a lot of great players, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, Mike Madonna, like, was he, if he was, he's probably, I would, you know, if he wasn't the best, he was probably in the top five at the time, yeah. you know. Um, you know, he certainly wasn't fun to play against. He could kind of not only beat you with, uh, uh, you know, with the skill level and, you know, the goal scoring and just being a, a physical force, but, you know, he, he, he wasn't nice to play against either. So, um, you know, when you played against him, you had to be ready to, uh, you know, you really had to prepare yourself mentally for a tough game physically as well as, as a skilled game. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, I hope you'll laugh at this. I have been in a uh, pool since 1988 with a bunch of guys. One of the guys has had a son that went on to play 600 games in the NHL, is still retired. And the forward categories were goals, assists, penalty minutes, shooting percentage, and power play goals. Um, you and uh, you were amongst the, the most valuable. You helped teams win that pool. Guys like you and Eric and Keith Kachuk, you were a special player. Uh, you were a six-category so god. You're saying, I, you're, saying, you're saying I'm a top five player is what you're saying. I'm saying you were a top five player in that <laughs> pool for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. That's awesome. <laughs> Pat, we appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us here in Oilers Now. Best of luck the rest of the way. Okay, Bob. Good talk to you.
Good talking with you. That is Pat Verbeek. He is the uh, general manager of the Anaheim Ducks. And it's true. The categories still all these years later. Brendan, that pool, uh, I joined that pool in 1988-89, okay? That pool, the categories again, goals, assists, penalty minutes, plus minus, shooting percentage, uh, and special teams goals. So if you're a power forward or a guy who's a net front on a power play, um, you know, if you could score 40 goals and get penalty minutes and have a good plus minus, and like, I'm just going to read you some of the numbers that Verbeek had. Like in 1987-88, Verbeek had 46 goals, uh, 31 assists, 227 penalty minutes, and plus 29. <laughs> Those are big-time numbers. He, When your nickname is the little ball of hate, you're a nasty piece. He took no crap on no prisoners. And some of you would remember uh, the Dallas Stars with the grumpy old men in the late 1990s playing the Oilers and the... 90, uh, you know, he was with Dallas all three years when the Oilers uh, played Dallas 96-97. Edmonton upset Dallas in Game 7, the Todd, Mar- Todd Marchant winner. Dallas beat the Oilers in 97-98 in Round 2 after Edmonton stunned Colorado the final three games of the playoff, uh, opening round playoff series in 98. And then uh, Pat won a Stanley Cup in uh, Dallas in 98-99 and he is now of course the uh, general manager of the Anaheim Ducks and he was a hard-nosed tough player 122 in Edmonton will take a time out you're listening to Oilers now hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you. I'm in Anaheim. We just had Anaheim general manager Pat Verbeek on the show. Brendan, did you notice, did you pick up at anything that uh, you, you sort of found interesting that Pat said? You know, with respect to like other managers around the league probing Anaheim, of course, it wouldn't just be Edmonton interested in some of those players should they shake loose. But he's saying that it doesn't, there's not a lot of calls coming in. They're very um, preliminary, would it be, like probing phone calls rather than anything concrete? It sounds like everyone's kind of cautious right now. Well, they've got three UFA defensemen that are playing on the right side. Now, we talked about Klingberg in the offseason. There were reports that Montreal was in on him. He ultimately signed with Anaheim. He's had a tough year. And he's had four straight years now where it's looking like the defense isn't there. Nobody can walk the blue line like Klingberg. Like, he has got real good offensive instincts. Um, but he's minus 74 now the last four seasons, minus 24, and he hasn't had, he's had some challenges to start the year. Shattenkirk, uh, is got, he's at 3.9 million. And he has not scored a goal this season. This is a guy that's been, at one time, he was considered one of the best uh, defensemen blue line in in the NHL offensively. Kulikov, the Oilers had before, and Dave Tippett and Jim Playford didn't want to play him against Winnipeg. So it's interesting. Uh, We will tell you, Japanese Village for 50 years, Edmonton's destination for the celebration of the census. Reserved today at jvedmonton.ca. Don and his staff have multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. And a reminder that cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brentridge Ford and Wetaskiwin, well known for their top shelf service department. They don't forget about you after you purchase a vehicle. 
You can reach out to Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and let the team at Brent Ridge Ford make you a repeat customer. 780-352-6048. Your Ford Truck Authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Do want to mention just a reminder that every Tuesday in order is now Frank Saravalli joins us. Courtesy of Horse Racing Alberta Live Standard Bread Racing. Uh, out at uh, Century Mile on the weekend, you can visit uh, thehorses.ca for more information there. And we're going to go into our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors, get the new floors you always wanted at Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. And this text comes in uh, from Greg and Spruce Grove. He says, Bob, Taze, Lafferty, and McCabe. For Broberg and Pogliarvi in a first-round pick, would this be doable? Obviously, salary and retention, possibly more picks. I'm led to believe, and it was Frank Saravalli who mentioned on our show a week ago, uh, Jake McCabe has a seven-team no-trade list. There's seven Canadian teams. And he basically said, read between the lines, Bob. I do think that Taze and Lafferty could be had. Um, I wouldn't move Broberg and the number one for Taze and Lafferty. I, I would not do that. Uh, Paul Yarby or Fogel are going to have to go out for money to be coming in elsewhere. I frankly would have a lot of time for Taze and Lafferty if you've listened to the show. So, Greg, what was that old song uh, by Meatloaf? Two out of three ain't bad. You, you got two out of three there. McCabe would make McCabe would make a lot of sense, but he's got a limited mo- no movement, and sounds like the Canadian teams are on the no movement clause. We will, uh, and you know what? That's the prerogative of the player. And sometimes American players look at and, and situations in Canada, and it's not for me. Okay? Just like sometimes people in California look at situations and say, I'm going to move to Texas. Or Canadians say, I'm going to move to the States. Other people from the States might want to move to Canada. That's kind of how it all works. Steve says, Bob, the issue with the orders right now is we are consistently allowing 30 to 45 shots on our goalies every game. We need to get that number down to 20 to 30 a game. We are in desperate need of another top defenseman and a defensive forward. Steve, I think the defensive forward could be got first and then a bigger play for defensemen down the road. The Oilers are going to have to make some numbers work shortly. The man to educate us on that is Hart Levine. He comes up from Puckpedia after Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell.